0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby. Say the cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, So let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on, what you waiting on? Let's go. So the other day, me and Cammy were sitting outside, and uh, we had all the dogs out there. And if you ever been to my joint, uh, that, that's that's uh, that's quite a lot. <laughs> We, we have, uh, let's see, we have, I'm not going to try to count them, I'm just going to do the breeds. So we've got German wire hair pointers, we have Sky Terriers, we have Vishlas, we have uh, Dachshunds, we have Irish Setters, and uh, Chihuahuas, and two different breeds of Dachshunds, okay? So we, we've got all of these dogs, and they were all outside playing the other day, and Finn is our Irish Setter. He is uh, four years old, five years old. He's five years old. He is the absolute biggest Irish Setter you will ever see in your life. And the reason I can say that because he's the biggest Irish Setter my wife has ever seen and she has raised them professionally since she was 13 years old and shown them since she was 13 years old. So when she says he's the biggest Irish Setter in the world, he's the biggest Irish Setter in the world. And this dog loves to play fetch, okay? This dog, I mean, he lives it, he breathes it, he's not that good at it. You ever seen an Irish setter? They've got this, they're gated nearly, they got like this long lope. And compared to a Vizsla, it's kind of like if you lined up a locomotive and a You know, quarter mile drag strip. That's it. Poor Finn. He just can't outrun nothing. I mean, he can give them dachshunds a run for their money, but it's a tight race, right? So if Finn ever gets the ball, he never gives it up. That's why I said he loves to play fetch. He's just not that great at it, right? Well, he was pulling his deal because he just, he gets so excited and he wants you to throw the ball and you throw the ball and he goes and he gets it and he stands right in front of you and he will not give you that ball. I've cracked him on the head. I've, I've gouged out an eye. No, not really. I have not done that. But he just will not give you the ball and he gets so worked up because he's scared that if he gives you the ball and you throw it, it'll be another three and a half years before he gets it back right? And so all the dogs are like, let go of the stupid ball, Finn, right? And everything. And then, like, I I just quit. I throw it, and if Finn gets it, I'm like, give it. If he don't spit it out, I'm like, I'm done. And I walk off, and I hear him, and then I hear, and I turn around, and we have an aggression problem with one of our dogs, okay? With one of our dogs. And this dog had latched a hold of Finnegan and was giving him the what for. And it was Willie the Chihuahua, <laughs> is hanging from Finn's leg, and he still won't get the ball up. He's like, ah, ah, ah. and Willie's just like, ar. I'm like, Willie, if he spits that ball at you're dead. Right? I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anybody to know that I have a dog that has little man syndrome, and that's Willie the Chihuahua. I think it's bred into the breed. He don't jack with nobody except the biggest, baddest dog there is, right? And he don't back down from cows either. That dog is going to die a horrific death one day, and I've told him that. And he's good with it, he says. I don't know. He's like, yeah, I, he's going to die on his feet. He, likes to die in my trailer. he does. He, he's going to die a horrific death one of these days, right? My goodness, he's got little man syndrome. Most Christians do too. And you just didn't know it. Because you know what little man syndrome is, right? We, we, we've, all, we've all seen the effects of it. And a lot of times it really doesn't have to do with size, even though that's just kind of how we categorize it. Little man syndrome is a bad problem because little man syndrome, people that have that have a constant need to prove themselves and to show others just how big and bad and important they are, right? We've all known somebody with little man syndrome, right? Maybe several people. Everything revolves around them and what they think about something, Right? They think that the, the qualification for being right is being loud. Whoever's the loudest and talks the loudest and bows up the most is right. That, that's the way they run their lives. And they think that they're always right, right? They think they're always right. Boy, don't you, don't you dare tell them that they're wrong, right? We've all got a little bit of that in us. We've all got a little bit of of little man syndrome, but what if I told you, what if I told you three truths straight out of the Bible that you're not gonna like very much, but once you hear them, and if you put them into practice like God intended, that all of this weight that you've been carrying around on your shoulders lately, maybe you're carrying around stuff that you were never intended to carry around. Let's look at it. In Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1, we have two... uh, Well, Romans chapter 12 is probably, in my opinion, chapter in the Bible. Every single sentence in Romans chapter 12 is one of these things like, man, do this, do this, do this. Stay away from this, stay away from that. I mean, if you are looking for application-based Christianity, Romans 12 is your keynotes chapter, okay? The reason I say that is most everybody has heard Romans 12, 1 and 2 and some other, you know, verse 8 and some other uh verse out of there because in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 it says offer yourself as a living sacrifice because this is your true act of worship right offer yourself as a living sacrifice and then in verse 2 Paul says don't conform to the patterns of this world I've heard this before do not conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind be transformed by the way you think and then he talks about once you offer yourself as a li- living sacrifice and you do not conform to the patterns of this world, but you are transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to know what God's will for your life is. And people wonder, why do you like Romans 12 so much? I like it because of that right there. It tells me in plain English of what God wants for me. Offer myself as a living sacrifice. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is. I like that. Because I want to know the will of God for my life. I want to be able to step out in faith knowing that I'm doing the right thing. And that I'm avoiding bad things. All of this stuff, right? And then verse 3. And then verse 3. And that's where Paul gives a few warnings about how easy it is for Christians to develop little man syndrome. Because, starting in verse 3, this is in the New Living Translation, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, this is written by Paul, because of the privilege, and, and I love that right there that Paul says it's a privilege to do what he does, but he has authority right? Because of the privilege and authority God has given me. I think that you can usually tell when something big is fixing to happen in the Bible, because Paul qualifies what he's fixing to say. He's he's basically saying, look, God asked me to tell y'all this, and he's given me the authority to tell y'all this, okay? Here it is. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Wow. He talks about living sacrifice. And then he talks about, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will know what God's pleasing and perfect will is. And immediately he gives us three things that will get in the way of you knowing God's will. I call it little man syndrome. Because of the privilege God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Three warnings immediately following Paul's declaration of how to know God's will. He's like, this is how you know God's will. Here's three things that's going to get in the way of you knowing God's will. Number one, don't think you are better than you really are listen i my uh the staff and i get tired of telling each other this we have to remind ourselves of this all the time maybe we've all got a little bit of little man syndrome in us but what does it mean when paul says don't think you're better than you really are listen you're not that powerful you're not that powerful, okay? Because most Christians don't do what they should do because they're scared of of making a mistake. With our long-edge ranch cowboys, w- they have, uh, some of them have identified themselves by rising to the top and going above and beyond and, and really putting themselves out there. But even when they do that, when I'm talking to them, they're like, well, I want to do this. And I'm like, you should do that. And they said, well, I don't want to screw it up. Listen, I don't. I, it's, it's not a knock against you. Not, not to a single one of you. And, and I mean, I already know this about myself. Listen, you're not going to screw God's plan up because, quite frankly, you're not that that powerful. And when you really think about it, that's good news, isn't it? You're not going to screw anything up. So quit worrying about it. Just do what you know you should do. Quit thinking that you have to do something big and powerful where everybody notices for there to be something in your life don't think you are better than you really are. Listen, man, it used to bother me so bad when people stopped coming to save the cowboy. And it didn't matter if they went somewhere else or they just quit going. And I think most of us in here know somebody that used to come to save the cowboy, and he used to really bother me. I kept thinking, man, what did I do? You know, man, did I say something that now they don't come? And what if they go to hell? Because I, blah, blah, blah. And God's the one that, you know, kind of told me one day, he's like, you know, I love you, but you ain't all that. I mean, you're not that powerful. You, You think you're the only one on earth that I could use to reach those people. Well, God, I ain't saying that. I just want to do you a good job. Well, he said, well, if you want to do me a good job, quit fretting about stuff that you ain't got no control over. You are not that powerful. You, I am not, you know, I've had people get really, really mad at me because I say, you know, I can't be a Christian for you. You know, you, you've got to do this stuff on your own. I'm not powerful enough to be Christian, (laughs) me and you. I'm not going to burden myself with that. But I think that a lot of times we think that we are more powerful than we are. And when it comes to following God, we're really scared we're going to screw a bunch of stuff up. But we're not. Because listen, one of the greatest philosophical ideas God ever reached down and implanted in my pea brain was this. That God is never going to look down and go, oh, you screwed the pooch on that one. You just, you screwed everything up. My whole entire plan since eternity is messed up because of you now. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. God never looks down and goes, ah, Kevin, what are you doing? Well, he might do that. He might do that. You ever seen those squirrels this morning, we're driving down and about halfway here, this cat runs across the road, right? And I ain't a cat person, my wife ain't a cat person, even though we have one, but as it's running across the road, Cammy's like, what's that? what's that? what's that? what's up? I mean, it was half a mile, but I mean, you know, she's, I, I seen it, I wasn't gonna run over it. I went in the bar ditch after it, but I didn't get it. I know. <laughs> right next time. But the point is, is that I think a lot of times that's the way God looks at us. <laughs> He's like, hey, get out of the road, stupid! but we're not going to mess anything up. So the next time you start feeling burdened that you're not doing enough and, and stuff like that, just make sure that you're not putting too much stuff on you because Paul says right here that you'll never know the will of God by taking more on than God intended for you to have. You're not that powerful. What if I told you, you can put some of that stuff down because you're powerful. You're not that powerful. And then Paul goes on in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, and he says, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, okay? Don't think you are better than you really are. Or maybe we could say, don't think you're tougher than you really are, okay? Because in the grand scheme of things, we're probably not that tough compared to what God can carry on his shoulders versus ours. Be honest. Second one. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. What if I told you? (laughs) Okay, now some of you are going to start getting offended. Some of you are going to be like, "Finally, I've been telling people that for a long time." That's that's my that's my take on this. What if I told you that you're not that smart? Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) What if I told you that you're not that smart? And that's good news because listen be honest in evaluation of yourselves okay see you're not that smart and the reason that that is good news is this right here see god never asked you to figure everything out little man and for some reason it is number one on our priority list to figure everything out right i'm gonna wake up today and figure everything out i got it figured out I got it figured out, right? We do that so much, and you know what? You you ain't smart enough to figure it out, people. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> right? <laughs> you go to bed early. <laughs> he got up early. <laughs> you you are not going to be able to figure it out because you're you're not capable of it. And I, and I mean, I, I'm not trying to criticize you. I'm just saying that you are doing something every single day that you were never meant to do. You've been trying to figure it out and you can't. You've been trying to figure out, well, what if I, if maybe I need to switch my job. Maybe I need to move. Nobody wants to move to Elizabeth right now uh, because of everybody that wants to move to Elizabeth right now, right? But you know, I mean, all of this stuff, we try to figure everything out. Listen, you're not, you're not gonna figure everything out. You think you can figure everything out and you haven't figured out why you keep making the same mistake time after time after time, right? And yet we think we can know God's will and a lot of times you just can't. And I'm sorry, but that's good news for some of you. For some of you, that might be the worst news you ever had because you have to have that concrete proof. you to feel safe listen christianity ain't safe because you're not going to get a concrete nothing apart from the faith that you know that you haven't got in your life and the promises that he offers you okay but you're not going to get the burning house plant okay i'm sorry well my succulent told me this morning that (laughs) you know I mean, we we do. We try to figure everything out. You didn't know. That's the first time you've ever heard succulent used in a sermon. I guarantee you. I didn't even know what it was till a plant showed up in my shower. Right. That's a succubus, not a succulent. Okay. Those are different things. Okay. Be honest in evaluation of yourselves. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Listen, man, you... You wind yourself up in politics and gossip and and how no one does as much as you do or, or nobody's doing it right and blah, 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 blah. And yet, we're not smart enough to figure out that none of that really means anything. You know what does mean something? Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and loving your neighbor as yourself. And you want to figure out something, figure out how to do those two things the rest of your life. Those are the things That are important. What if I told you that God said you could quit trying to figure everything out and that really all he wanted out of you was to follow him? That's all. And finally, Paul said, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think better than you really are. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. And finally, he says, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given you? What if I told you that your ego is the enemy? What if I told you that your ego was the enemy? See, the Bible has a lot to say about pride. So does that mean that somebody that that all this handmade stuff that we have here, that somebody can't have pride in what they made and using it for God? Of course they can't. Of course they can. So what is this negative pride that the Bible talks about? Selfish pride and all of that. Listen, there, there's a good pride. I, I, I'm proud to follow God, okay? That's not a sin, okay? But the negative pride in the Bible, a better English word for it would be ego, okay? Sinful pride is called ego. And ego, <laughs> listen, Ego is the little man's superpower. Wear it on their cape, right? Just, da-da-da-da. Look at my big ego. Look at my little body and my big ego, right? But we've all got that ego inside of us because ego has to compare our life against somebody else's in some form or fashion, okay? Okay. And some people, well, well, you know, I have high self-esteem. Listen, it doesn't matter if if it's high self-esteem or low self-esteem. It's still about self. It's still ego because you may think you're better than other people. That's high self-esteem. You may think everybody else is better or more important than you are. That's low self-esteem and both of them are egos. They're just a deviation from zero. One's a positive 10, one's a negative 10. It's out of balance. Half a bubble off one way, ain't better than half a bubble off the other way. Ego is the enemy, and ego is the self that we are commanded to die of. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice to kill that ego, that comparison of our life to somebody else's, good or bad, of comparing circumstances, good or bad, comparing pain, man. One, my my little sister the other day, boy, she took a baseball bat and hit me right between the eyes. Well, I wish she had it; it would have hurt less. Because she posted something on Facebook, and I posted something trying to be funny, and she goes, "Nice one, up, bro." And I hate that. You ever seen a one upper? It don't matter what you say, they've done it 100,000 times, bigger, better. You rode a bull. I rode two bulls at one time. One time. You know what I mean? Uh, Don't be a one-upper. Don't be a one-upper. That's that ego. That's that comparison all the time of that constant need to, to make somebody see something that's not there. We talked about poser not too long ago. All of this stuff. But Paul says, if we are going to measure something, right? If you're going to compare something, because I don't know that we can ever get away from it, okay? But if you are going to compare or measure against something, measure this and this alone. Here's the faith God has given you. How much of that are you using? That's it. What if I told you that that's what God wanted of you? He get how much, I mean, like, I don't want you to answer me. I want you to answer you. And I want you to ask yourself this question. How much faith did God give me? Some of you might think he gave you a ton. Well, if he did, that's awesome. He's going to ask a ton from you. And some of you might be saying, well, he only gave me a little. But are you using it? Are you using The faith that God has given you. Because that's what Paul says here. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. And listen, he's given every single one of us at least a mustard seed. You're listening today In person, online, later on, on the radio, maybe on a podcast. You're listening because you have a mustard, at least a mustard seed. Some of you got a lot more than that. Are you using what God gave you? And I'm talking about the faith. Are you using it? Because it says, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. And if you say, well, I don't have, I don't have any faith. Yes, you do. Because it wouldn't, Paul wouldn't have said that God gives us faith if he didn't give it to us. Now, what we do with it determines the outcome of our salvation, right? Or at least the use of it or how big of a place it plays in our lives. Are you using all the faith that you have? How are you measuring up? Not, not to anybody else, not to somebody's preconceived standards, maybe not even in your own lofty standards because you, you, know, you, you think that you should be way up here, but you're not. Honestly, honestly, how are you measuring up? How have you been using the faith that God has given you? What if I told you that if you feel like you don't measure up, then maybe it's time you got rid of that little man That's standing in the way of you becoming all that god wants you to be because of the privilege and authority god has given me I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are be honest in your evaluation of yourselves Measuring yourselves by the faith that god has given you. Let's go to him in prayer Father, I pray that you use what has been said today to strengthen encourage and most importantly god lead lead your kids closer to you Let us use the faith that we've been given to know you better And only then will we be able to let loose of the things that weigh on us and drag us down and let us depend on your strength through the faith that we've been given. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen.